Super Mario. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it should be good. There we go. Cracking open the beers. Baby's up. Baby's up. Something like that. Yeah. Well, so, welcome to the uh, Halcyon Frequency podcast. What episode are we up to? Let me just double check here. Episode 32 coming out on Sunday, the 28th of October. I'm joined by Bloody Drongo. How are you? I'm very well today. Thank you. Glad to hear. And also, not in the host seat, though he has kept it quite nice and warm for me. I've got uh, Blind IRL here as well. How are you? Hello. I just would like to ask a question. Since when did it become the, like, 28th of October? I don't know. Maybe I should say the 28th of August. Time I didn't flies. even pick up on the fact that he <laughs> said October. Just say the twenty eighth of October. <laughs> look, 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 I've been I've been unemployed for a week. My sense of all time has just disappeared. It may as well be October. Just uh, I was <laughs> just going to say that I missed the part where you'd you'd been uh, you know at least a, a six pack deep. <laughs> I've literally had like two sips of my beer. I I I'm not that much of a lightweight. Wait mm. until I'm halfway through it, and then you, then we'll travel through time. I don't know. I'm, the thing I'm drinking is only five percent. So how bad could this actually go? Yeah, no, That's I'm fair. on a um, I'm on a nice six uh, percent American pale ale that's brewed locally. Mm. Um, New Zealand has a lot of craft breweries, so basically, I go to I go to the um the beer section of the supermarket. And I just buy whatever can has the prettiest artwork on it. Because they get really funky with their art. And this one is like a, a skeletal statue of Liberty holding up the torch. But at, instead of the flame, it's uh, it's some hops on the torch. And um, yeah, this is Yakima Monster American Pale Ale. I'm I'm drinking a Parallel 49 craft lager, which is like the greater Vancouver area cheap lager that's made by a craft brewery that got too big and then got bought. It's fine. It's cheap. It's not particularly strong. It tastes better than most lagers. It's okay. What about you, Jungo? What are you drinking? I'm drinking a blended scotch. I'm drinking a Shivers Regal Altus. Oh, nice, nice. See, this This is what happens when they leave the three of us alone to host the <laughs> podcast, is we all just start drinking. <laughs> was that, that, I think that was the gift you got when you, um, you left your job to become a full-time content creator, wasn't it? <laughs> you have an impeccable memory, because yes, that is exactly where I got this bottle of scotch from. I, That's right. I have an eye for, eye, eye for scotch and whiskey. Um, I've actually got a 25-year-old bottle, um over in the corner that's it's not mine but oh is it tempting um my favorite thing about this can though it's got a little blurb on the side and it says like because it's yakima monster it says it sounds japanese but it's as american as having a bmi of 32 the yakima valley in washington state situated in the top left corner of the lower 48 is home to some of our favorite hop varieties the tiny green flavor bombs that powdered the whole craft powered the whole craft beer renaissance from the get-go. Liberty is what this smells like. 
I really wish they were paying us for this. <laughs> that like would be my, nice, yeah. Me with my beer, it's like, uh, it's, it's fine. <laughs> and then you're just like reading this loving look, look off look. the side of your can. If you ask me to describe the flavor of it, it's fine. I just buy <laughs> it because I like the pretty cans and I find the text on the side funny. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, like... I think a lot of craft IPAs are incredibly overrated. I mean, IPAs in general, I can probably count on one hand the amount of IPAs that I think are actually good. No, well, this I mean, is an IPA. There's a lot of very average. He's drinking an American pale ale, not an India yeah. pale ale, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. Totally yeah. different thing. Yeah. A- 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 APA. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. I, I see, I'm I a big fan story. of Tippas and Tippas. <laughs> I love the story of uh, India pale ales, though. It's because. They were shipping beer to India and they needed it to keep longer. So they put more hops in it and it turned Mm. up more fermented, basically. And I I think that's cool. I I love hearing stories like that. Like, you know, how many traditions, how many things have started from just like, oh, we just had to solve this problem this way. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how bread started, isn't it? Well, it's like how they ended up with uh, gin and tonic being like a, a staple in the British Empire, right? Yeah. Is that they had to treat, was it malaria? Yep, yep. And then <laughs> to make the tonic palatable, they added <laughs> gin to it. So gin and tonic, beautiful. Well, that's why I drink gin and tonic. You know, I don't want to get malaria. And I haven't yet, so it must be working. I, yeah, um... fair point. I, I've developed this habit with a, a friend of mine where what we do is we, whenever we discover a brewery that's local that we haven't been to before, we go there and we try literally everything on the menu and then just kind of decide whether or not we like the brewery or not and leave reviews for everything on the internet, always under different accounts. Nice. Um, not very and write nice. Very, 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 very long reviews. <laughs> um, <laughs> most of the craft breweries in Vancouver are not very good. We have right. a lot of them. There's 230. Uh, ish uh, in the greater Vancouver area. Granted, that's like five cities total, but still. Um, And I've been to 60 or 70 of them at this point. And there's, I've had so many IPAs and so many double IPAs and so many triple IPAs. And so many of them kind of like Drongo said are very underrated Mm -hmm. or are very overrated rather. But I've got to say, some of the best beers I've ever had in my entire life are also IPAs. So it's like, there's a lot of them and there's a lot of really bad ones out there. And there's a lot of ones that have like completely messed up flavor profiles and they just break everything by just putting too much punch in it. Mm. Right. Yep. Yeah. But there's absolutely delicious IPAs out there. Um, there's this one brewery that we have here called Twin Sales, which makes this thing called Dat Juice, which is like a 7% like really hoppy IPA, but it's like drinking a fruit salad. It is extremely complex and delicious. And there's so oh, much of that good. kind of stuff out there. If you just, you have to poke around a little bit and find the good ones and yeah. not go for the ones that are just going for the absolute shock value. Like it's only like 55 IBU or something. Um, unlike, you know, there's like this brewery that I'm drinking from this lager right now, parallel 49, they have a, an IPA called jerk face 9,000, which is, uh, it's like 95 IBU and just tastes like hops. It's like, well, cool. So you have one flavor and that's hops. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. I understand why people don't like IPAs now. Speaking of lots of craft breweries in one spot, we actually have, like, this is 
perfect segue for me for my day as well. We have a place nearby called Brewtown. And that is a bunch of small breweries and distilleries got together. Um, they basically share this entire, you know, it's almost like a small shopping center. Mm. And there's like about four or five different distilleries and bars. Um, you go there, you can get all their, their, their brews and food as well. They've got a very big food culture there as well. And it's also like the perfect bucks party for like just a weekend. They've got surf, uh, you know, indoor surfing. They've got go-karting, paintball, escape rooms, laser tag, ice rink, all of this. Like it is the ultimate just weekend or Saturday there. And I was actually there today. Uh, not drinking though. I was watching the um, Trans-Tasman Boo Hurt Medieval Fighting Tournament. Uh, that sounds like excuse a thing. Me? It was what is a boo hurt? I don't know. Uh, B-U-H-U-R-T. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, but it was absolutely amazing. Like, it was full contact medieval fighting. So, you know, all of these guys in plate with um, various bits of chain and their... Um, uh, I forget the, the padding one, padding part as well. Going ham on each other with... Axes, swords, pole arms, maces, um, and just, it was just an absolutely great day out. And <laughs> I had so much fun just uh, watching it and cheering on the, um, the different teams because it was uh, Australia versus New Zealand. So the Australian portion was a bunch of people from different clubs in Australia coming over, and there were several clubs from New Zealand, so... They had club matches, and then they had the um, Australia versus New Zealand 5v5, and then they had the Australia versus New Zealand 12v12. And it's not a big arena that they're in. Um, <laughs> it was actually incredibly amazing watching these really big, heavy-armoured guys just pushing each other over and going ham on each other, like... Um, yeah, it was was a lot of fun. That was that was my day. Um, I've got the live stream link here, and you can actually see me in the corner at part of it. You can point out the uh, the green and yellow beard. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was that was my day, and that was out at the the craft brewery section. So definitely, if you're oh. in New Zealand, check out uh, Brewtown. Very cool. I so I've, I've literally just googled so Boohert is uh well number one the the the, the top a question here in google is is boo hurt real uh it, <laughs> i can confirm for those wondering boo hurt is real apparently it's a modern day full contact combat sport which involves fighters using blunt steel weapons and armor characteristics of metal medieval times the name originates from the old french word which means to wallop so uh, well, it's they like did. LARPing, but not, not, uh, not with styrofoam swords. No, it's LARPing oh. when you really get to beat the shit out of someone. Like there, there was a bit of blood involved in some of them. And towards the end of the, the, like when it got to the 12 v 12, there were a few guys with bandages putting on their helmets too. Like wow. <laughs> got pretty wild. I... I've just posted the link for you all. Kind of related. I used to build haunted houses a number of years ago. Um, the The town that I grew up in had this community haunted house. It was on the fairgrounds, and there were these 
three large barns that in the summertime when the fair would come through and they had like, you know, rides and stuff set up, um, they would have like uh, farm kids contests where they'd like show their animals and they would give awards and things for like the person with the nicest looking sheep. Um, but in the winter, they'd, these barns were all empty, so they would gut them and we'd build them into a giant haunted house. And what you'd do is you'd put in a bid as a uh, group that wanted to raise money for whatever thing. So you'd be like either cadets or like a scout group or some charity group or like some sports team. We did it with our sports teams uh, when I was in kayaking. And we would build like, you know, one year we built like a corn maze in this thing. We brought in a bunch of corn. One year we built a forest in there. We cut down a bunch of trees because somebody was doing some logging on their property. And we built like this fake forest and we had like werewolves in it. It was a good time. But one of the other groups that was always there was the Medieval Enactment Society. And they would raise money for um, there to put on their events as part of the haunted house. But one year they had this dude on stilts in this giant like suit of armor and people would come around the corner and there'd be these two dudes dueling with actual swords. And then one of them would cut the head off the other one. And that, <laughs> cause he, he was basically on stilts. So like he appeared to be taller than he was and his head was like in his armor, but they'd cut the head off and the guy would catch his head and then beat the first guy with his head, um, <laughs> which was a very fun stunt to like walk around the corner and see them just repeatedly doing this same stunt with putting the guy's head back on cutting it off smacking the first guy <laughs> it's pretty fun yeah no this was this was a lot of fun to watch and um yeah i um really good day out really good day out and i've, I've never really watched full contact medieval fighting but i'm gonna be honest it really made me want to go play mountain blade again <laughs> it was like i'm never gonna stand in that ring and, and swing an axe at someone but my gosh i want to play a medieval game again I think we will take a break here and we'll um, jump into the games we've been playing. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good. Perfect. All right, we'll be back. And we are back with the uh, Halcyon Frequency. Can I call it a Can I call it a beer cast? Probably not a beer yep. cast yet because Drongo's not drinking a beer. He's ruined it for us. Booze cast. Boozecast, there you go. Anyways, I'm joined by Blind IRL and uh, Bloody Drongo, and it's me, your host, Arch. Um, your host for today, at least. Uh, usually it's Blind, but managed to wrangle the seat out from him, so I get the comfy seat now. Yeah, wait, uh, that just means you get to edit it, so you get to do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, well, no, just just enjoy... This is The grandstanding bit here is... Is, is the payment for it, you know, the reward for it. Um, but yes, uh, we're dump dumping. We're jumping into games now, and um, you're going to talk about Curse to Golf Blind. Really? Oh, yeah, no, I've weird. decided. I've volunteered you. Okay. Well, so Curse to Golf is a, um, it's kind of a 2D platforming, randomly generated golf game. Uh, it was originally released as a, a demo on Itch, uh, maybe a year and a half, two years ago now, it feels like. Um, it's, it's the baby of a person who I used to listen to on multiple podcasts. Um, not so much these days as they've all kind of gone on hiatus, but, uh, a dude named Liam Edwards, uh, who works at Chuhai Labs and, uh, and he, this was kind of his pet project that he put out on itch and it kind of blew up and got, got a lot of traffic on itch back then and was kind of deemed like the dark souls of golf. Um, but it's a, it's a run based golf game and 
I, I kind of, I'm, I'm not as hot on it as I, as I thought I would be. So it's kind of a, a 2D pixel art kind of platformer style. Um, there's various traps throughout the environment. There's spikes in some levels. There's sand traps. There's um, the, you have a certain number of uh, uh, pars that you can do per um, per hole, but there are these statues that you can take out called called idols that if it's a silver one, it'll give you an extra two shots. If it's a gold one, it'll give give you an extra four. But kind of my my biggest issue with it is it it just feels slow, and it is a it is a run based game. So kind of your progression is you're unlocking these uh, one use power ups that are basically burn cards. So whenever you're going to go take a shot, you're like, okay, well maybe it would be good if I could like change the ball's direction in midair. So you burn that card, and then uh, when you hit the ball it fires off and you can like spin the ball around and it'll fly back in the opposite direction. There's a, a scatter shot where it'll fly, fly out in all different directions and you select which ball you want to continue with. It, it's got some neat ideas and it, it does some kind of, kind of fun things with the concept of golf. Um, it, it also does go get rather deep with the mechanics. You do have uh, spin that you control. So once the ball's in midair, you can decide whether you want to, you want to spin forwards or backwards and the speed at which you want to spin. And you can um, use that to be pretty tricky about getting the ball around corners and into very specific uh, spaces. But um, after, you know, maybe about four hours of play, I kind of hit this wall of like, man, I, I really don't want to do this first zone again. Um, and, the game does have this thing where you can hold down the uh, the, the right trigger on the controller because that's how I was playing. It was on the controller. It kind of just felt better on a controller than on the keyboard. And if, if you hold that down, it speeds up time, and you can do this for yourself or uh, boss fights or any other kind of situation. You can speed up any animation in the game. But right. that feature didn't feel great because it the sound just cuts out when you speed time up. It doesn't really do like a satisfying like rewind kind of sound. You know what I mean? Um, so that feature didn't feel great. And so I just didn't end up using it all that much. And I don't know. I I know that they just put out a big patch of um, a bunch of quality of life things and like tweaked a bunch of stuff and like uh, upped the rewards at the end of every run. Um, which I haven't dug in too much. I've seen the like all three of the zones. I died on the first level of the last zone. I haven't finished a run yet. Um, it is 19 holes, and uh, to give you an idea, the longest run I did um, was 15 holes, and that took me about almost two hours. <laughs> so it's it's not a it's not a short session based game, which I think is kind of. For a game like this, I really would like a run to be maybe 35 minutes. <laughs> but this just feels a bit long in the tooth and not in a way that makes me really want to go back to it. Which is kind of disappointing. You're, you're a big fan of roguelikes, so that's that's a heavy thing coming from you. Well, this isn't a roguelike. This is a, this is a run-based golf game. Oh, okay, okay, yes, yes. Yeah. You are very militant about roguelike mm -hmm. versus run-based games, aren't you? Well, I mean, they're, they're not even describing it as a roguelite. Uh, the levels are random. There are multiple layouts that you can have per level, but you're going to see the same traps frequently. You're going to see similar things. Like, it's... I would have... Like, I, I was encountering the same TNT trap uh, multiple times. So it's like, they're not that varied in that kind of sense. Um, and... I, I don't know. It, it, it's more just like a, a varied arcade game than even like your standard run-based game. 
Right, right, okay, okay. No, it sounds like, because it's something that I've seen, and I've got, I play golf games with my friends, like, we all go get drunk and play golf games. And so it was one that was on my radar that I'd seen, because, like, one of the most fun things we like to do is, um, what is it? <laughs> turn all the difficulty modifiers, turn all the weird things up on, um, golf with your friends. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so we like playing with, with a lot of chaotic stuff, but... I don't know, this sounds a little bit too different to that, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it's not even that chaotic, right? Like, it's, it's, it is pretty straightforward for what it is. Um, like, you're, 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 you're not going to be like, well, okay, so there, there are zones that can have curses on them, and these curses can be things like, oh, it just flips the map upside down, so now you're playing the game upside down with all your UI elements upside down and everything. Um, and so, like, it does sometimes get crazy like that, or, like, super bouncy ball, where, like, the ball will just bounce, like, all insane. But there's only uh, two chances to get cursed levels per zone, uh, from what I've seen, anyway. And uh, you can avoid them in most cases, because there's branching paths and the little world map thing. Um, right. So, really, like, it's not that crazy. Um some one of the power ups is uh, you can get, you can put a rocket on the back of your ball and actually like steer it, which is pretty cool. Um, but again, uh, like you're you're not going to be using that every shot. You're going to burn that one card, and then you have to go to the shop to buy another one or find another one in a in a chest. Um, so you're not necessarily going to just have like five cards stacked like that. Um, there is a mechanic in the shop where you can buy cards and then put them in the book air quotes. Um, which is basically you can save it for another run or save it for later. So you can do a couple runs and like stack up a bunch of really good cards and then come back and get them later, which is kind of neat. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, at the end of the day, the runs just take too long and they're not varied enough, especially in that first zone. And that first zone gets pretty easy once you kind of understand the mechanics of the game. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. I mean, if you're more enthused about 2D golf games than I am, maybe it's your shtick, but I think I, I think I liked the initial um, itch demo more just because it, it had that faster <laughs> play session time. So so that ratings are, I like the demo more out of five, right? Not, I mean, not really. <laughs> the demo was kind of a different thing yeah. at this point. I mean, this is way more polished. I mean, the pixel art's great. The the uh, sound effects are great. The sound design is great. The music is good. Uh, there's a few tracks in there that I could live without, but like there's this character who's the tutorial guy named the Scotsman who ends up being a boss that you fight. And he's got like this like heavy metal bagpipes theme that plays in the background during his boss <laughs> fight. And he's kind of fantastic. Like all of the character art and like the game's super charming. Um, you can, un you can purchase different clothings for your character as you're doing runs and they have like a one bit version and they have a plumber version, which just makes them look like Mario. <laughs> like there's, <laughs> I, I don't know, like it, it, the whole game is super charming, but I, it's just, I don't know, kind of, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But we got a lot of other games on this list to talk we about. We do so. have a lot of the other games and speaking of super charming, uh, I'm going to steal one and I actually got around to playing Slime Rancher. Now, I just want to call out something here. Um, basically, uh, Steam lets you list ba games by when you got them, right? I got Slime Rancher in 2016. 
you know, that's how long that I've had slime ranchers sitting in my, um, in my list and I've never actually played it. And I finally dived into it because I heard Slime Rancher 2 is coming out next month. And I was like, you know what? I actually want to try this. Oh my god, that game is fun. Really? Yeah, I loved it. It was huh. so fun. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, I, I played it ages yep. ago and found it to be charming visually. Yeah, no, it, it does have a really nice visual feel. They achieved that. The fun I had was in the controlling the various ones and sort of going, okay, I want to get to this spot. I need to find this creature. I need, because you basically progress by finding Gordo slimes, which are their large slimes, feeding at certain things and they explode and they leave, some leave behind a key. Keys allow you to unlock the door and you get to progress into the next one. So that to me worked really well. I was quite good on that and enjoyed that quite a lot. And I then um, got further and further into that. There's little notes left around the various maps that um, are left by the previous owner, it says. And um, yeah, I proceeded to... I uh, go through all of that and I ended up finding finding that one, like finding the last note, and it was really sweet. And I won't lie, I actually teared up at finding the story, like the way it ended. Um But that's not unusual for me anyways, you know. <laughs> but I I I just I really enjoyed it and um really enjoyed playing it with chat as well because we had a lot of people in who were talking about it and watching it and sort of enjoying that as well and yeah the problem i had is that i finished the story part of the game when i still hadn't unlocked a whole ton of areas so it was this weird mixture of oh there's still actually a lot to go but <laughs> i've my, all of my progression, all of my idea investment, my, my emotional investment is done. Now it's just grind. And that kind of got a bit too much for me. So that's actually where I stopped it, you know, because I hit that point of, oh, I have this now. I've lost interest. Well, not lost interest, but I have no, no major interest in grinding a lot of things because a lot of it is, You've got to do these repeated tasks for people. You've got to collect more slimes, get their plots, research new things, continue. But each of them takes like several days to do. And so it starts becoming a little bit slower that it starts using time as the the slowdown versus um, finding the Gordos and exploration. So I didn't finish it all the way. But what I did play, I actually quite enjoyed. And... Um, yeah, no, so I'm really keen for Slime Rancher 2 coming out. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to play. I didn't I realize they'd uh, announced the second one. Yeah, no, it comes out into early access in uh, September 22nd. So... Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, I hope they have more, um, more green slimes. Like, seriously, the green slime just is my favorite type of slime. 
And like they had a lot of funny ones. They had the ones that the boom slimes that explode and the look on their face after it. It's like, what the heck just happened? Um, and you know, they, they all had their own unique style and unique visuals and their unique actions. And I thought that was pretty cool. So, so yeah, it's a very, very cute, very, very pretty aesthetic. It's very well designed there. It just does get a little bit caught down, bogged down in the, oh, enjoy the grind. I've still got 12 achievements to go. And most of them are like, do all of these things a lot of times. I am looking at my Steam library right now, and I last played this April 29th, 2017, and I have four and a half <laughs> hours. Um, if I recall correctly, this was like before any of the story stuff was in the game. It was still in early access at the time, and I remember people were asking. I've seen, I think it was like a, a subscriber pick or something. Yeah. But I had people asking me to play it, and all I remember was just getting to a point with it where I was like, oh, I just do this again and again and again and walk further out into the kind of uninteresting world that you've constructed. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, and- yeah. It starts getting the... Um, what I... I enjoyed exploring the world, but the further you get out means the further you've got to travel to get there. And, and the further start you have getting, to travel to get back. Yeah, and you can start getting teleporters and stuff, but you're also limited by only four slots. And that slot includes plorts, vegetables or fruit, meat, like all the chickens. And there's like 20 different kinds of chickens. And um, every different kind of slime drops their own different kind of plort, which is basically the currency that you collect and sell. And it's just... There are so many things there that it that it does become. If I had ten inventory slots or a backpack, I I might actually really be able to get into that a lot further. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I've never I've I've not played it. I mean it was one of those games that I was like, oh that looks interesting, but there was never anything that stood out to me about the game that uh, like really kind of sold it to me in terms of wanting to actually go out there and play it. Yeah. What I will say is that I do not regret playing it. I'm glad I played it. You know? Um, That's good. It was one of those ones that's always been in there. I decided to try it out because I'm in the midst of middle of games. I'm trying to find something that, that can grab me. I think we played a lot of Dinkum and um, what was the other one I played through recently that kind of pulled a lot of time no, I think it was Dinkum um, and, and all of that. So, yeah, I was kind of looking for something new to have a have a, have a few streams of, you know. Uh, and, and it did well with that. And I feel really good for having played it. Um, it was very, very good. And, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm keen to see what Slime Rancher 2 brings. Going to pass it over to Drongo, since you haven't had a turn in the spotlight. What's something you've been playing recently that you want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, we were, talk- we were talking a little bit before the podcast about Formula One. Uh, so it seems only fitting that Ooh. I talk a little bit about uh, F1 Manager 2022. Yeah, please tell is... me all about why I should buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's set to come out on the 30th of August, although pre-orders... Uh, have been able to access the game since the 25th. 
Uh, I was sponsored to play it last night and it was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. It was, it's a, a very much a, a management game as the name suggests. You basically are putting control of running and managing just about every aspect of the Formula One games. It's a game that is, uh, is officially licensed by Formula One. So it has all of the teams and drivers and has even got all of the actual people from the paddock and the various teams and the various drivers to voice their own lines. You know, even like the race engineers and people like that. So it's all very much true to life as possibly can be. And it's incredibly detailed in terms of, you know, uh, attributing you know, what you're going to research and development in terms of car parts over the course of the year, you know, managing and running and developing your actual facilities and infrastructure as part of a Formula One team, managing your salary and salary cap, and then going into race weekends, actually going through and working with their uh, working with your drivers to fine-tune and develop their setup throughout the weekend through practices then going into qualifying and then going into the actual race itself and the game is very much uh a you know a simulation game at no stage are you actually taking over and driving for the drivers but you can issue orders to them as to like you know okay push on your tires now use more of your battery deployment now and things like that and then you're also looking at strategy and managing the the actual race itself overall so it's incredibly detailed it's definitely a game that is made for fans of formula one i don't see this as being a game that would appeal to a lot of other people outside of that world and yeah it's uh i i had a lot of fun with it i i love formula one i'm a massive formula one nerd so it was uh it was it was great i had a wonderful time so i have two major questions to kind of ask you here first mm -hmm. what is your kind of style when you go into a game like this are you are you gonna go like take over red bull and just like stomp everybody with the fastest car or do you go for some mid works team that's kind of in the mid pack and try and push to get the occasional win or are you like playing as williams and just trying to get a point maybe yeah, I mean, so my normal approach coming into games like this is to take over a backmarker team, uh, so a team that is very slow, and try and build them up to being something competitive. I think there's very, something very satisfying about going through and really earning those, you know, small victories and then ultimate victories, you know, towards the end of a playthrough or something like that. Like, at the moment, I play a lot of F1 2022, like actually the racing game itself, and so, you know, that has been something that I've been doing is building up my team in team management career mode and trying to build it up from, from the ground up. Um, last night, though, we did play as McLaren, which are pretty much like a, a midfield sort of team. So we were fighting to try and get into the points during our first race. And Lando Norris, one of our drivers, managed to score a singular point in Yay. the first race of the season. So oh, we were very happy about that. Nice. 
Another question that I kind of have, like, because you said that it's for Formula One nerds, right? And I've seen, mm-hmm. the, like, the previews of this game. I haven't actually watched much gameplay footage. Um, you said that it's for Formula One nerds, so something that, like, kind of will make or break a game like this is kind of the actual representation of the uh, cars on track. Uh, there was a, a game that came out a couple of years ago called Motorsport Manager. I, I think it was also mm-hmm. published by Sega. I ended up playing that a little bit off stream, yeah. and because uh, I, I think I bought it for, like, $2.50 on a sale or something. Um, but uh, that never did a great job kind of representing the race itself. Like it was, it was there, but it was abstracted. Like how's the actual race representation on screen? Like, is it convincing as an F1 race or is there video gamey moments where things just kind of, you know, happen? Yeah. I mean, so the actual race simulation, it can be actually within the car and it gives you the option to kind of go between like a, a broadcast style camera and then like, uh the pod view so sitting just above the car or like on the front wing or whatever and the actual you know the the on track view from the cars is very convincing like for a for a management game the broadcast quality is is pretty 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 amazing like it's comparable to actually i would say a lot of other racing games out there uh in terms of i guess some of the animation moments there are definitely moments that you would have where you know a driver might lock up and it doesn't look true to life Mm. to what a a brake lock up might look like but it the way the race actually flows and the strategies that you employ you know trying to decide whether you do a two pit stop race or a one-stop pit stop race and things like that the actual way the race flows feels very uh, natural and true to life and the simulation uh was um you know incredibly good so uh I, I enjoyed that side of things and i did play motorsport manager as well and i thought similar things i've probably only got about an hour or two play time in it because i just didn't love it as much as i thought i would i, I played a bit more motorsport manager than that but yeah not too much maybe it was like five six hours um something else that i was wondering kind of about is um i know that the codemasters formula one games have had kind of this weird issue where they operate like the other drivers in the races operate kind of believe quite believably until something unexpected happens and then you just have these absolutely traumatic pileups of like 12 cars that just kind of happen out of nowhere and even like because i I watched streams uh there's a few different streamers i watch that play a lot of racing games um including ones that do like actual 24-hour races and whatnot um and uh every now and again that'll just happen in the formula one racing games where it's just like oh that's not something that would happen in reality have you encountered anything like that in formula one manager 2022 no not yet i mean admittedly i've only played at this stage about five hours of it sure so it may be the case where unrealistic things would happen uh however i not that i've witnessed so far okay I, I know I've heard some reports of like, I, I, I admittedly, this was uh, a, a, maybe a week or so ago of um, kind of unrealistic things happening in Formula One manager where you'd have like cars passing multiple cars like five, six times in a row and like just continuously swapping places and stuff like that. Mm. So maybe they've ironed it out a little bit. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, we there there definitely is a lot of overtaking but i also think that maybe that is a symptom of people's expectations of cars pre- previous to this year's regulations sure yeah 
because there's you know this year's regulations do mean that the cars are able to follow a lot closer and they are able to overtake uh, overtake a lot more frequently which we've seen throughout this year in in reality Certainly. so yeah. I, I don't you know there was there was a lot of overtaking in the race that i did in bahrain and but it wasn't like a, a a ludicrous amount it was more just a you know it was like yeah just kind of trading back and forth with drs cool and that kind of makes a lot of sense actually uh on on some tracks so yeah well i mean as long as alonzo can tell somebody to drive like a lion um we're, we're good <laughs> um and then the uh the kind of the the last question that i have is like kind of bouncing off of the thing that you said that it's it's for fans you know you could also say that about like the football manager games um mm. it's for fans of football but at the same time I've sometimes played football manager and I know nothing about football because I like strategy games and I like spreadsheets mm -hmm. and I like spreadsheet strategy games. Do you think that this would appeal to that kind of gamer as well? Somebody who just really likes statistics and that kind of strategy game? Yeah, absolutely. I think that anybody who likes a, a really nitty gritty management game that allows you to really get in, in into the weeds of you know, trying to maximize every little bit you can is going to enjoy this game. But I think the the person, the people that are going to really get the most out of it are people who kind of have a bit of a background in Formula One and kind of have that intimate understanding of, you know, you know what makes a, a good car work aerodynamically or, you know, what, um, you know, what tracks are going to favor high speed corners and, uh, you know, as opposed to low speed corners, what kind of aerodynamic setup you want to go. You can definitely learn that, but it's got so much really fine tuned detail that I feel like you just get so much more out of it. If this is stuff that you've kind of watched and learned over the years, watching the actual sport and being involved in, you know, the, the whole circus that goes on around it, that you just get such a, a greater level of value from the game that is uh, really impressive. I feel like this game should almost come with a month's free Netflix so you can just go watch Drive to Survive as a tutorial. <laughs> Not that it's the Literally. best representation of the sport. It's a bit over-dramatized, but, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's a, good, it it's a good segue to get into the sport. And actually, there's a few people last night, like I had a really nice comment earlier in, the, in my Discord. I'll, <laughs> I'll read it out here. Uh, great stream last night, Drongo. Not only did you sell me on F1 Manager, but F1 as a whole. You're very knowledgeable and you've made it sound super interesting. I'm really looking forward to watching the rest of the championship. So it's like, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it becomes almost a great vehicle for promoting the sport as well if you're able to kind of articulate the ideas behind it. And sometimes that's all people need, right? Whether it's Drive to Survive or playing an F1 game for the first yeah. time, sometimes you just need that little... Bar barrier to entry to be lowered a bit or to ease you into it to make it uh, approachable it's also a weirdly cheap sport to watch too if you're in the right regions because uh it's ten dollars a month for f1 tv and you can watch all the races live but you know this isn't an f1 ad directly so <laughs> no and also i live in australia where f1 tv doesn't exist and i have to pay an extortion <sighs> amount of money to watch it on sky sports so yay i used to restream it for people but uh it would like they've they've fixed that and i can't do that anymore <laughs> I, I like the idea of we've suggested being sponsored by driving and drinking now so um it, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it, if, if you drink never drive uh heineken 0.0 .0. Yeah. nice <laughs> Good. even getting the formula one sponsor in there nice work. 
Yeah. <laughs> Where's the fancy watch brand and the weird crypto scams? Let's get all those sponsored. <laughs> yeah, like McLaren exactly. is sponsored by an NFT marketplace. Okay. <laughs> like, they are literally. Yeah. Yep. Um, but Jeez. yeah, no, I've, I've basically had all my questions answered. Yeah, look, I'm Perfect. I'm not knowledgeable about uh, this at all, so I'm just gonna did smile. You, I was and gonna nod. say, Arch, did did you get all that? Because there's gonna be a test at the end. Ah, uh, basically, <laughs> I'm in high school all over again. I'll just wing. Excellent, it. sweet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, My Discord, speedy tracks and zoom zooms during the races. Let's go. <laughs> Um, I see that you both played Midnight Fight Express. Yeah. Um, what was that like? What did you both think of that? Well, who starts? That's the question. I'll let you uh, lead on this one, Blood. All right. So Midnight Fight Express was a game I kind of wanted to stream, but um, wasn't able to get my hand on key and didn't feel like doing a sponsorship for it because I was a little iffy on it. Um, but I do sort often like beat em ups and I do quite enjoy, uh, or I did quite enjoy kind of the vibe coming off of a lot of the preview footage. Um, noticed it was coming out on game pass. So I sat down and played the first 15 levels today on uh, game pass. There's 40 levels in the game. Um, and they're kind of designed to be replayed and you're supposed to get, you know, the S plus ranking on everything. It's kind of got that sort of fighting game, like combo style of, uh, scoring, um, mm -hmm. for anybody who, maybe hasn't seen this game. It's a top-down, kind of isometric camera-focused, low-poly, ultra-violent uh, beat-em-up. Um, I would not hesitate to say it's a pretty straight-up rip of the Arkham combat, if you've ever played one of the Batman games. Um, the way this combat system works is it locks onto a character when you hit the attack button. Uh, we'll just home to the nearest character or the character that you're facing. And then from that, you can very easily, by either hitting uh, keys that pop up above people's heads um, or alternatively uh, dodging around, you can pop from, other, from adversary to adversary pretty easily while parrying and pulling off combos and various uh, key combinations to uh, smack everybody and pummels everybody's head into uh, the pulp um, and make people turn into a fine red paste. Um, I'm not sold on this one. Um, it it kind of got a lot of... Um, a lot of buzz out of the recent large shows that it was shown at. It was shown at E3 uh, during a lot of those big live streams. And it's a, I think it's a solo developer largely published by Humble mm. Games. Um, and I really enjoyed it until I kind of got to the sewer zone. And the the thing that I think started to kind of make me lose it a little bit is this game's very much got kind of like a, a warrior's style to it. So you're, you're, you're beating up, you're, you're beating up thugs, you're beating up, uh, street hooligans, street gangs, you're jumping from rooftop to rooftop, you're fighting on top of subway trains, you're throwing dudes in onto train tracks, you're picking up a gun and popping five dudes and just kind of sitting there and going, wow, I, I did some bad stuff, man. And then you run into the next room and you do it again and you beat some guy's head in with a chair. Um, and it, it's kind of fun for that. And it's got kind of that Hotline Miami vibe to it where it's like, oh, it's this, this ultra-violent crime-killing spree of like this weird sleeper agent that's woke, been woken up. Um, but I found the writing to be unpleasant <laughs> to the point where there's an option in the options menu to disable all of the writing, which I did very quickly. Um, it was just edgy to the point of being annoying and not in a way that I want to read more of it. 
As for the combat itself, it's pretty solid until I started hitting some of the more complicated combos where it wants me to do things like half circles on a controller in an isometric game. Um, no. Uh, and then they started throwing these plague bearer unit things um, where they, these guys are glowing green and vomiting up acid. And it's like, well, man, I was enjoying this kind of like warrior's pseudo-realistic kind of guys with stop signs and a sledgehammer aesthetic. And now you're spitting acid at me and there's zombies and I'm out. <laughs> I'm sorry. They they jump they jump the zombie shark. I th- those first like eight levels are really cool, and then you go into the sewers. That's kind of yeah, me on Midnight I, Fight Express. That's fair. I think I I would agree that the writing of the game is probably the worst part for me about the game. Uh, I was sponsored to play it because I did watch it and I was like, okay, this is actually looks like I could really enjoy this. So I did actually accept a sponsorship for it. Um, I, I do think the writing is the probably the biggest letdown. The It's very much, I guess, trying to be a parody of those really old, those old style, you know, very simplistic go out and, you know, yeah. fight and trying to be a parody of it, but also trying to be, you know, like you said, a bit a bit edgy and stuff like that. And it just feels unnecessary a lot of the time. Like it just goes a little bit too far trying to be what it is. Whereas I think it, you know, if if the writing was kind of refined a bit, that it could do a much better job doing less. Uh so that for me was probably the the biggest letdown. The things that I would kind of point out that I did really enjoy about it were the uh was the actual uh soundtrack i thought the soundtrack was really good the combat itself i really enjoyed the in particular the thing that stood out to me was the way that you're able to interact with a lot of the objects within the world and all the different weapons and the little tiny attention to detail things that they added in which they could have quite easily got away with not doing but they did anyway. And so like an example of this would be that in one fight, you end up in a bathroom and you're fighting a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of guys in a bathroom and you end up with a a plunger as a weapon and you can throw the plunger, like you can throw just about any weapon and it will have an effect that depends on what weapon you throw. And so (laughs) the plunger, if it hits somebody, will get stuck to their head. And like little (laughs) tiny details like that actually really impressed me. I really liked that it kind of made the game and what you were doing feel a little bit more impactful and important within that. And, you know, I think the the game itself, it's very, very fast moving and it does have a sense of progression throughout the levels and you can go back and replay levels and try to increase your score as you get leveled up and unlock new skills and new combos and things like that. And I, so I also like the sense that it has a, you know, it's level based, but it's also got a, an element of carryover progression as well. Mm. Right, right. It, it's a pretty cool beat em up overall. Mm. I, I think like kind of you were saying like the, like the different effects, like there was um, one fight that I had, which is in kind of a train station level. And this is before like kind of the, the, the crazy like supernatural enemies start showing up. But like there's this one level that's in a train station and these guys are like these trains are pulling up on either side and you can throw them down onto the train tracks um, and like 
punch them and then later you end up on the train and then later you end up trying to push guys in front of train tracks with two trains going by it's a pretty cool level but there was this one sequence where this train came out and this guy with a big this big guy with a pipe who has a stagger meter that i had to stagger came out and there's an upgrade that you can get pretty early on which lets you kick items in the environment at things instead of picking them up and throwing them because almost any item around yep. the edge of the map you can hold down uh, it's one of the triggers and it they, you kind of get like literally the batman bat sense mode um where the whole world just kind of goes like gray and you can see highlighted items that you can interact with picked up a garbage can and whipped it at this guy four more guys come out behind me and a guy comes down the stairs with a gun one of the guys behind me had a knife, so I, I dodge-rolled backwards over to the guy with the knife, knocked him out, staggered him, picked up his knife, stabbed him with the knife, killed the other two guys, threw the knife at the guy with the gun, dodge-rolled over to the guy with the gun, picked up the gun, three more guys were coming out of that train behind the guys that I just stabbed to death, and I shot them all down, and the level ended. And it it, it is... When it works, it's super, super satisfying, and the soundtrack mm. is phenomenal and does the just absolutely pump over everything else i just wish it kept that warriors kind of aesthetic and didn't just go weird <laughs> yeah that's fair i mean i don't think i was bothered by the fact that they kind of started introducing like a you know a less realistic vibe to it like i think the the whole idea of the you know it trying to be a parody of other games within the genre means that it was almost inevitable in a way that it sure. starts to then tread into other territories and try and be in parody of that and like going through the sewer levels and then getting to the end like it's kind of building up like at the start of the sewer level it's like oh you know do we think we'll see rat people here and then eventually it's sure. like oh the rat people are here oh what's that mean the rat king's gonna be is he gonna be like a a giant ball of rats and it just gets to the end and it's a it's just a random dude like the whole thing is like trying to be a parody it's trying to be a joke within itself and it's not taking itself too seriously but I, I just don't think the writing is that good i think again i think it's the weakest part of the game uh which i think you know if the writing was better maybe it would make that segue between the two uh kind of i guess stylistic choices maybe make it make a little bit more sense or maybe make it not quite as jarring as maybe you've experienced perhaps uh, potentially. I mean, like, another thing that this game's very much aping on is it's aping on kind of the, uh, well, indie slash low budget action film kind mm. of thing, like, which is yeah. a, a, an, an area of like crime thriller that I'm a big fan of. And a lot of these movies are very light on dialogue and usually have a lot of flashback sequences. Uh, I think one of the, one of the few movies I think that is kind of something that I would describe as in this subgenre that did really well was drive. Um, you know, there's almost no spoken word in that movie. Like there, there is, but there, it's very sparse the amount of actual spoken word, and then just like littered with ultra violence between that. Um, and I, you know, I, I like movies like The Warriors. I, I like movies that like some I can't even I don't even want to name here <laughs> to like out how bad <laughs> I go deep into these subgenres of just like aesthetic violence. But they're they're taking a lot of tropes from. A, a lot of low budget action films um mm -hmm. and these movies they do get pretty far up their own ass with the kind of absurdity that they throw at the screen but this 
the moment you kind of add in the supernatural and don't have some sort of conceit of oh they just gave you acid like it, it like if <laughs> if the writing was a little bit more interesting and you weren't some weird sleeper agent that got woken up by a drone named Babyface if the writing was a little bit more interesting and they fought through that they could have put a conceit in there that would have made me believe it um yeah. but yeah. they didn't do the legwork to do that and that just a game like this, you know, the soundtrack is so heavily tied into the game. Like, it's almost a rhythm game. Like, you are mm-hmm. in the zone with this. If something just ruins that immersion, it stops being cool. And the writing was ruining yeah. the immersion. And then that enemy design choice just, uh, yeah, I don't know. If I have to avoid acid vomit, I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's fair. I'll throw I think, fuel cans at people, though. That's that's good fun. I think to tie it back to uh, something that you briefly touched on earlier, like this is a game that's you know basically entirely made by one guy from Poland. So yeah, I mean, within the context of it being an indie game, I think it's a really good attempt. It's definitely by no means my favorite game ever, but I think it's a respectably good game. I think it's pretty cool. And if you're not like me and you can handle like sharp jarring changes in uh enemy design i mean go nuts it's probably your thing it's on game pass i i would clar- classify this game as their wear and i've said this about a few games on game pass in the past where it's just like i mean you know i wouldn't buy it but if i already have game pass well it's there i'll play it and i'll probably play it again you know like i'm, I'm kind of like grumbling about it but like I'll probably play more of it. I might replay those early levels that I like. Maybe there's levels later on that I like, you know? Um, it's there, there's, there's something there. It's neat, but it's just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, um, I've never really gotten into a lot of those beat-em-up style games, but one I did get into, did you ever play, either of you two, uh, play Mad World on the Wii? No. I saw footage of it. Yeah, so it was this Sin City-esque aesthetic where it was black and white and basically blood. Made by Platinum. Or maybe pre-Platinum, actually. There might have been still Clover games back then. I think there were Clover games because Platinum doesn't make sense. Was it Clover? Still? Yeah, I think Clover makes sense. But it was this hyper... Platinum and Clover... or Clover merged with another studio to make Platinum and they went on to make Bayonetta and all that. Right, right. Because this was hyper, hyper violent. But it also had a lot of those fun things that you could really just grab whatever and do what, like, you grab the tire with someone, you could beat someone around it, then you could throw it on their arms, and that would basically link, like, you know, they'd be stuck, and then you could beat the crap out of them. And, um... um I'm just gonna say, uh, do yourself a favor, Arch. Go watch some speedruns of that game. <laughs> because there's, world. um, there's a lot of, uh jerking motions that's <laughs> very amusing <laughs> very very uh fast thrashing of that controller shall i say it's <laughs> all so, motion controls right <laughs> yeah the biggest problem i have with it is quite simply it was on the wii the part where you have to play it <laughs> yeah you you can't play it now um you know it, it's on the wii so unless you have a wii you can't play it and and that that bothers me because oh, I really 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 liked it. Um, do you, 
after this after this program's over, I can teach you the illicit magics of dolphin. Um, I, and then if you have a webcam or anything that can capture infrared and a Wiimote, you can play any Wii game on your computer. I don't think I have a Wiimote. I don't have a Wiimote. So. I could mail you one. I have four. <laughs> also, you can buy those things super cheap. <laughs> yeah. No, just it's, it's, it's just a shame because I remember it so much and it's like, oh, wow. Um, I, I think back on what games I had on the Wii because I had a Wii and I really enjoyed it. It was the bowling, Mad World, and Super Smash Bros. That's it. I had more games. I had my Wii sitting there for so long. I just never really had any other games from that console stick out to me as much as Mad World. But, um, what have we got here? Um, oh, 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 I've got actually something, you know, I've mentioned it, uh, playing Minecraft before on stream, but I have some exciting news about Minecraft. Hit us with it. Go I on. I the dragon for the first time. Well done. I, I actually got around to doing it and I decided, because I was on playing something else with someone uh, on stream and I was like, you know what? I played a lot of Minecraft, but I've never beaten the end of Dragon. So I'm like, maybe I should check that out. And just, I, like, this was, I'd only been to the Nether. I hadn't found the fortress and gotten the blaze rods or farmed the Ender Pearls to make the Ender Eyes and all of that. And so I had so much to actually learn to do. And it was so great because my chat was there and basically guiding me the whole way because i had some members who would um you know obviously they do it every tuesday or something because they just knew how everything worked and um yeah so <laughs> in the spirit of finally getting around to finishing games i finally finished minecraft and um yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> the absolutely last time wow. i really played minecraft it still ran in a web browser <laughs> that's me going wow i'm old yeah yeah well it's like 2010 Jeez. yeah i remember helping someone get um get minecraft a long long time ago because they were like oh i want to get minecraft but i don't have a um credit card so i think they couldn't send notch five dollars or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah and they didn't have a credit card and all of that so I mean, it was maybe some some uh, TOS breaking accounting through another game we played, but basically they gave me some stuff on that and I bought them the copy of the game. So, yeah. <laughs> it's been a, been a long while, been a hot minute. But yeah, I just wanted to share that win. I think that was, that was one of my wins on stream, you know? Uh, really, really nice. nice. Thank you. Thank you for the golf clap. Yes. <laughs> I well, I mean, well, in sorry. Minecraft news, because I've been playing a lot of Minecraft on stream lately, I died and lost my hardcore Minecraft world on uh, Tuesday this week, which Ooh. was heartbreaking. I um, I don't know why you do these hardcore worlds. Like, it's easy it's content, Arch. <laughs> it's fun. 
people watch it, and they revel in the Schadenfreude. I am too <laughs> and bad. And then when you succeed, game, you make all of the money. That's this is why. <laughs> I am too bad at the game, though. Like I died about a dozen times fighting the Ender Dragon. You know. Uh, and well, look, I'm bad at the game. I'm not going to profess to be good at it, but I mean the the suffering is very sweet. I mean, if you make me talk about cud later, I can talk to you about suffering. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I died to the the warden, which is the new boss creature that they added in for one point one nine, and apparently it is the most OP thing I have ever seen in my life. I and it's also terrifying it genuinely is terrifying like the sound design for 1.19 they really nailed it for all of the new content and this boss is just oh it is awful awful it's just terrifying right now this is gonna ruin my youtube algorithm appearing like an upright oddly colored cow like it's got a lot of health are you describing me or the warden right now i'm sorry (laughs) Of all the things to actually call the warden, like I look at it, I see nothing cow related to it. Yeah, I mean, I I I wouldn't describe it as being cow like. I'd almost describe it as being like kind of amphibious looking. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, no. So from I, what I can I see, I started is, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Started again. How'd that go? Yeah, good. I mean, we found a new place to live, so I'm I'm happy. Do you start we, using gonna... the same seed or no, no? Half the half the enjoyment of playing Minecraft is exploring the worlds and yeah, learning new things and stuff like that. Like I I just really enjoy like exploration in just about any game, honestly. And so Minecraft, just exploring the a new world seed and the worlds since they added in the the caves and mountains update or whatever it was a while back the world seeds are just incredible like the oh, the caves really and yeah. caverns are just so majestic like i've been even on just default minecraft graphics which are not especially pretty i have had moments where i'm like okay this is actually really kind of beautiful in yeah, its, in its own am- way without I- even a shader pack or anything I used to play Minecraft with shader packs and full-on texture packs. I actually switched to just using a shader pack that just basically made light and water look nice. And you still do get caught in those moments of, this is a really pretty game. Like, you know, when I take a break from a game, I tend to just leave the game running, especially if it's a game that allows it. So I find a nice visual scene to go and do that. And um, this one, I just climbed up on some scaffolding and showed the starting area. Cause it's, we got a little community server and showed just the starting era area. And it just looks so pretty. And the game itself is just an absolutely beautiful game in, in its simplicity. You know, um, it's one of those ones where the simplicity of it really adds to its strength. Minecraft yeah. will still think, look good in 35 years. That's yeah. it. And that's, that's, I mean, that's, why you that's go one of the for, great. Yeah. You go for an aesthetic as opposed to realism. And you find, yeah. oh, there's there's a you know something that lasts. Yeah, I think that's one of the the great things is that that and and why it's so popular, not just with you know kids, but also you know people who are older as well, is that it's got that you know really kind of simplistic overview and 
kind of objective, you know, be put in this world and survive and craft things, mine things, craft things, right? Yeah, easy yeah. enough. But then, you know, it has a, like a, enough nuance and detail, even within the base game to make it interesting and, uh, you know, engaging for people who want to go deeper and learn more and, you know, make it interesting to, to older people. And then that's even before you even get into the, the whole modding community and stuff like that and all of the content that that kind of brings to the table as well with, you know, computing systems and and you know resource management and can even turn it into like a, a strategy game or a management game more so than you know, a real-time kind of you know survival game it's uh really remarkable what the foundation of minecraft really can mean in terms of its flexibility and yeah the fact that it's got this art style aesthetic that is not trying to necessarily be anything it just is I think is going to mean that it, it does have a, a timeless quality to it that is going to stand up in you know a decade's time from now. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we want to do a little quick fire bit where we just talk a little bit about the other games? Because I know you've got a you've got a couple on your list that you've been doing, and um, I know Blind wants to talk Caves of Cud, but uh... sure. I mean, I can go through a quick fire a list of the other games that I've been playing lately just to to rattle them off. Yeah, yeah, rattle them so, off and tell them what you think about them. Sure. I mean, so I've been playing more RimWorld this week because, of course, I have. Still think RimWorld's <laughs> amazing. Uh, I've been playing Total War Warhammer 3 because the Champions of Chaos DLC and the Immortal Empires map campaign has come out this week. And that has been a bunch of fun. It's one of my favorite games ever. And the Immortal Empires campaign basically just adds in a giant world map with every single playable faction and allows you to basically go ham and and paint the map red and really take it from being a very much harder target story driven campaign to being a very much a free form set your own pace and build your own empire and they've also added in a whole bunch of end game disasters to just spice things up a bit from just being the you know the hordes of chaos coming down and trying to burn down the world they've added in i think about six or seven other end game scenarios so there's a whole bunch of new content and if you're a fan of either warhammer or the total war genre of games i still recommend it i think it's amazing the other game that i've been playing this week has been fortnite because the new fortnite season has come out with the collaboration with dragon ball z and that has been a bunch of fun i like zero build i still think fortnite is a really polished and well-rounded game if you like the the genre battle royale genre i think it's still the best battle royale game and uh yeah it's been a lot of fun that's me boom done nice and easy and uh yeah i i honestly have to give it to fortnite especially when it comes to zero build it once again it's one of those ones that that does look good play good feel good and i don't know the devs i get the impression are pretty pretty on top of our balance and making sure everything's still fun um it is a bit weird to run around with darth vader and blow away rick with an uzi while goku fires a rocket launcher at you but um yeah no <laughs> it, it, it it i think the fact that that game has the budget that i would be annoyed if everything wasn't perfect but honestly like even down to the net code 
itself is just really genuinely impressive and how well it plays even at 250 300 ping like it's just a, a really really solid well-built game the movement and the gameplay and the gunplay all feels very satisfying and very smooth and it's you know it's a really great jump in and jump out game and i yeah i, I think it's i think it's good i think it's underrated mm. Yeah. The one thing I, I, I want to add to this Fortnite thing is um, Epic Games have so much money, they had to get mm. a bigger campus to work in, right? So it was like 2019, or it was a couple of years ago, they bought a mall, uh, an abandoned mall, uh, and moved their campus into that. They renovated it and moved in. In my imagination, it's still just like a late 90s mall, except <laughs> just like full of like cubicles. And I really want to know where like the uh design pitch people who are just like calling all these companies or like taking these deals to put these characters into these games i'm wondering are they in the orange julius or the toys r us no they're <laughs> down like... by the water feature are you right? sure really? mm, no i think that, that was customer service because they're gonna need to like waterboard themselves every time they have to uh, get called <laughs> by somebody who's been cheating and is going unban me i don't know i don't know i always it, the cool kids always hung out at the water feature and i imagine these people that are reaching around going hey we're Fortnite. we want to work with you uh would be the cool kids do you think no, they left it, the escalators no. in <laughs> It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent the Toys R Us because they're literally going down each aisle in the Toys R Us and going, "What company? What IP can we look at today?" Oh, there's a Dragon Ball Z figurine. Why don't we call them up? Oh, Star Wars Lego over there. Let's uh, yeah, do let's a deal with Lego, Lego and aisle. Star Wars at the we same time. It's a hundred percent Toys R Us. That's it. We're just gonna wait for the. Is there? Has there been a Lego version? I don't think so. No, I don't think there. I, think I feel like it's only a matter of time, though. Like, really, Lego doesn't like being near guns. It's yeah, it's a thing. that's that that's, is true. They do have a hard, hard fasting about that. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they just need like a no guns mode. It's just all super soakers and Nerf branded Nerf guns. Potentially, yeah, I mean, just that, imagine that what work. they'd be able to bring in if they went. Oh yeah, we're doing a no guns mode. I feel like the fact that they were able to get the Star Wars IP and Lego also has a I like a, a agreement with Star Wars or Disney um, to use that IP. You know, I feel like there's probably room there to make it happen, but they are pretty funny about guns. Yeah, it's true. The the ones being waterboarded are likely the IP lawyers that have to work out what brands allow what. Because, you know, there, there's various things. <laughs> that is things. likely true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's various things. It's like, no, no, no. Superman cannot do this. He, these are, these are what, are he, what he's allowed to do. Uh, so. <laughs> the thing that I really want to know is, did that mall ever have a Walmart in it? Because that's probably <laughs> where they put all their servers. Anyway. Um, sorry for that side tangent. But Your turn. I just what love the image of them being stuck in a in a mall what have i been playing so i got way too deep in my own shit with caves of cud this past week um i played a character for 10 hours and died horribly um i'm not going to try and pitch anybody on this game because i know people who want to play it are already playing it and people who don't want to play it don't want to hear about it but what i will tell you is um a little story of the apostle that we created which whose name was uh yevish divish uh which my chat came up with uh we were a uh esper apostle we started in the in the in the um 
uh, town of Yapa in the salt marshes, uh, where they farm the water vine to uh, keep everybody uh, sated and so that we can live and drink, friend. Um, we uh, immediately had a water ritual with the local warden. Um, at which point uh, we learned some secrets about some local towns. We walked a few parasangs east and uh, found a few other villages and gained some early quests, went back to Yapa and collected the early game quests, which is pretty simple. Let's go to a, a one cave and collect a bunch of uh, copper wire to get um, a strange device, which allows you c to communicate between villages uh, up and running and repaired for the local tinkerer, Argvai. And then we uh, ventured down into Red Rock to investigate a strange screaming spider. Uh, we found the creature and killed it with our bludgeoning uh, heavy weapon. At this point, was a iron mace, uh, which we then uh, coined the name um, uh, Admiral Smackbar. Uh, because as we leveled up, we uh, were gif uh, gifted with the desire to name our weapon. And of course, we gave it the color bees because that is the best color. Uh, and then from there, you know, we, we are an esper, so we use mind powers. And as my ego increased uh, upon leveling up, uh, the uh, my psychic glimmer became noticed by creatures in the uh, far other dimensions of dark and strange places. It's uh, the feeling of being watched without being able to tell where they're watching you from and uh, creatures from other worlds started spawning out of uh, strange portals and trying to um well let's just say slit our throat uh so we, we we dispatched one of them and managed to get away with some of their gear and uh escaped uh via uh, a teleportation device that was given to us by uh argvi the local tinkerer from yapa after collecting all of the copper wire for argvi and escaping from the uh strange portals, uh, we ventured off to Baratham on a, a mission because uh, through the copper wire we heard a strange signal um, which we recorded onto a data disk. We ventured down into the caves of the Barathamites using uh, a, 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 I can't even, I don't even know how to pronounce it, like chromium something, but it lets you um, uh, basically open up sealed doors and uh, learn how to build things uh, by touching them. Uh, so s moving through multiple sealed doors, we ventured down into the caves of Baratham and uh, met a, a guild of quilled bears, uh, very intelligent folk, uh, and they directed us uh, over to Golgatha uh, to um, avoid the cloaca and um, step very carefully to not contract glot rot from the uh, gaseous uh, nerve agents that come out of the deep depths of that disgusting place. But before venturing to Golgatha, we, we wandered up to the Seven Day Silt to uh, uh, donate all of our books to the religious libraries up there and share in secrets with the uh, ancient sultans of old. From there, we wandered through the uh, the many uh, traders at the bazaar and found a, um, a camel person's uh, trade caravan and purchased a, a nice set of boots off of them. Uh, from there, we ventured around and uh, found a hindrin, which is a, 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 a kind of a deer-like person, half deer, half human kind of character. Uh, and they asked us to head to their uh, native village of Bela, which is uh, very uh, concerned about outsiders and uh, they're very isolationist. Uh, from there, we um, uh, uh, sorted out a local dispute where um, one uh, member of the uh, clan, I guess, uh, had left with their two siblings, two sisters, um, over a dispute as to uh, whether or not one of their siblings was a sister or a brother. Uh, the, the sister was quite clear they're two sisters um and uh you know we kind of went through a little bit of a whodunit in that village and uh uh, uh 
checked in with the writings of Hemlock Cones and learned to be a bit of a detective and uh, um, solved that mystery and ousted the old leader of the town and put one of the um, exiles in charge, hopefully opening the town up for the better. From there, we ventured off to Golgotha, where we uh, fell down many tubes and waded through the deep, stungy depths of uh, the noxious ooze that writhes down in that deep dark place uh over time we developed the ability to shoot lasers out of our eyes because of course but the problem with this is as you shoot the lasers you lose the natural glow of your glowing skin from the radiating light that you have absorbed which means your ability to see becomes worse and as we fell through the final uh conveyor down into the depths um the great beast that lurks below unfortunately like quadruple stunned me and hit me for like 800% of my health in one hit uh, because I couldn't see it. So uh, that character died, but it was a good adventure all the same. Bloody hell. Yeah, that's yeah, quite Caves of Cud's <laughs> like, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the one thing I know about Caves of Cud is they tell their own stories, basically. C Caves of Cud is a... Uh, like a 40 hour long RPG with permadeath uh, and it's procedurally generated. There is a lot of handwritten areas. Um, a lot of those dungeons are like the dungeons that you'd go through in order. Um, but it's essentially, it's like post, 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 post apocalypse, Alice in Wonderland meets Dune meets a bit of adventure time with like, there's, there's a quest line later in that game, which we obviously didn't get to, where you literally need to, like, take psychedelics to talk to a mushroom man and convince him to, like, infest you so that you can spread his uh, uh, his mushroom spores everywhere, and then he agrees to, like, repair something for you. It's a great game. It's a very, very good game. I I'm like going to be honest with you here, Drongo. I don't know what I expected from Blind on this. I mean, he plays Dwarf Fortress as well. Like... These mm. kind of stories just sound the same. <laughs> Wait until I, I mean, put the Super Mario Brothers mod into Dwarf Fortress again. Then I'll have some stories <laughs> for you of like toads getting their arms ripped off because a, a Yoshi walked onto the map and decided to eat one. Oh, Blood okay. Spraying that's spraying everywhere. <laughs> I just like the sound of that. I need to hear this now. Um, I mean, but I, <laughs> I for I another like show. <laughs> For, for a quick fire round, you two had some really long stories. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been trying out Hero Siege. My friends have been playing it for like the past two weeks flat. And I'm like level 10 and they're like level 200. And it's fun. But I'm being told it's basically a 2D uh, pixel art version of Diablo 2. And I've never played Diablo 2. So just yeah, go play Diablo no. 2. It's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. But, I haven't um, heard of this game. Is this recently just come out? Or? No, it's yeah, been I think it has for a while. It's Hero Siege. Hero Siege has been yeah. making the rounds for like five, six years, but they put out DLC oh, okay. pretty frequently. Um, oh, I, okay. I think it wound up in the uh, in the radar because the base game was on sale recently for a dollar. So... Yeah, they 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 discount the the base game like ninety something percent off pretty frequently, so it's like ninety yeah. cents or whatever for the base game. But if you want to actually play the game, you have to buy the DLC, and the, those are like three to five well, bucks a pop. Well, they've got okay, so they've got um, what have they got? Um, basically, a whole bunch of different skins that you can buy for uh, various amounts, a bunch of different classes. So you start with a few basic classes, and then you can buy the extra classes. Uh, including Samurai, Fallen Paladin, uh, a Viking, and a Necromancer. It's kind of cool. But uh, 
Yeah, as far as I know, the entire actual game itself is is included in the base game. There's no like content DLCs, it's just different classes that you buy. That's so content. Yeah, I was well, okay, say, okay, okay. The really big content. If there's no story or exploration, it's not new zones, new new items, new loot. Sure, it's but it's your replayability, just... basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, sure. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. But yeah, Fair we're enough. gonna take. A I mean, quick I break. think that's probably the oh, the DLC that I'm usually the okay with the most. Yeah, because if you're you're only gonna buy that DLC is if you're already committed and you've gotten tired of what you've already got access to oh yeah no yeah, it's, if you've gotten tired of it you've probably that, played yeah. a fair amount and if it's five six bucks to play a new class then yeah, i don't hate that idea it's super fair it's just that it the, the it's deceptively cheap that's the only thing and that game sure. sells okay, really well because enough. it is deceptively cheap and then you look at it and you're like oh actually there's like another 90 dollars worth of content here that that's how they get you it's one of those. So just kind of, if you're looking at Hero Siege for the first time, and you're going, man, it's ninety percent off. Just like be wary. Like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we are gonna take a quick break now, and we'll be back with the news. I think the news is rather light, so uh, yeah, should be good. Um, we'll be back. See you soon. All right, and we are back with episode 32 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast, correctly airing on the 28th of August this time. Hey! Um, <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. And um, that's what they say. Um, we are jumping into the opening night announcements of um, Gamescom 2022. Um, 2D Kiri is actually currently at Gamescom. Uh, this this news isn't live from her. I think she's been quite busy. Um, her her Twitter and Instagram feed is full of absolutely amazing pictures and things. Um, I hope I hope to one day go to one of these. But uh, yeah, so there's quite a fair few games that have been announced. A lot of them are just like teasers and and such, not not gameplay stuff. But um, blind, what sticks out to you? Everywhere. And also, everywhere doesn't stick out to me. I just want to talk about it because I think it's weird. Are you, are either of you guys familiar with everywhere? No, I'm not. No, no, no. Or at the all. developer build a rocket boy. No, no. Okay, so do you know who Le- Leslie Benzies is? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Leslie like, Benz. Uh... Le- Leslie Benzies was one of the higher ups at Rockstar up until the completion of Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, at which point, uh, once Grand Theft Auto became more of an online MMO type deal, I just dropped a coin that I was fiddling with, so hopefully that didn't pick up on the microphone. Anyway, uh, it it was a he was one of, he was the their finisher. He was the guy that they would call when they needed a game to ship, and he would show up and project manage the game to existence. Um, yeah, I, actually, sorry, he also worked on Red Dead, um, and there they uh, he was on like a long term sabbatical. And uh, they actually called him in to finish Red Dead, Red Dead Two specifically. Uh, shortly after the release of Red Dead Two, he left. This, he left Rockstar uh, proper and uh, went and founded Build a Rocket Boy to uh, develop a game uh, called Everywhere, um, and it was going to be a game about everywhere. And uh, they've put out this teaser trailer, which is absolutely bonkers. Um, 
it seems to have absolutely no cohesion, but also seems to be a bit of everything and also kind of looks like a battle royale game, but kind of not. And supposedly it's this massively multiplayer MMO thing. I don't know what it is. It's weird, but there's like enough cred behind the team that's working on this thing that it's either going to not be noticed by anybody and be the biggest flop of all time because of how much money has been put into this thing. Or this might be the next Fortnite. It's one of the two. I'm literally watching a video of it now, and I, I don't understand what I'm exactly <laughs> looking at. It's it's crazy. It, it looks interesting, yeah. But like this is this is a this is a guy that shipped Grand Theft Auto Four, Five, and Red Dead Two. Mm. So yeah, fair. There's cred here for the industry, and you know this is the first time we've seen anything of everywhere. I mean, the the first I think like they trademarked the name in like 2018. I see it was probably like the last time I heard about it. It was like four or five years ago, um, maybe 2017 even. But it, it's like they've been working on this for five years now, so this thing's been in development for a while. And they've just got that one teaser, which is bananas, kind of in the same way that Fortnite's bananas. But I, I don't know. It's like there's guns. It's kind of like there's cars. There's lots of different environments that don't fit together at all. A lot of different art styles and aesthetics. It's, I, it's sounding I don't know what it too is. ambitious. It's sounding too ambitious to me, to be honest. It's, I'm shocked you know. they haven't said it's on the blockchain yet. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's everything in one thing and it's everywhere, which kind of fits, right? The problem is games need can't be everything. They need to decide what they are. Everything already is a video game and it's fantastic, okay? (laughs) Have you actually played everything? No, I have not. I I should gift you everything. I think you would like everything. You you can be a deer. I'll have to play everything and everywhere at the same time all at once. Now, that might be copyrighted. I think somebody else used that. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything, not everywhere. Anyway, um, confusing names aside. Yeah. Uh, so, Bloody Drongo, uh, you pick one from the list to talk about. Well, I was just going to talk about the game that I was uh, particularly interesting at Gamescom when I saw that it got announced was Goat Simulator 3. And oh, I, I some love might their say, marketing. I love their marketing. Uh, some might say that they're trying to be too ambitious with everything that they're trying to achieve with this, but it looks like everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> I just like to remind people that this is made by the people who made Satisfactory. Yeah. And to Wait, everybody Ghost, who, Goat Sim is, is and, it? And to everybody who bought Goat Simulator 1, you're the reason Satisfactory exists. <laughs> I did um, buy that. I, I played a good amount of Goat Sim, uh, the original one. Um. Oh, actually, no. Maybe I maybe I didn't have it on Steam for a while because the one on Steam I've only got forty two minutes, but I've definitely played more than that. Um, Steam had problems thing, tracking time back in those days, though. Another thing I want to um call out with Goat Simulator Three, I think Kiri posted a picture with the banner in the background. You know, it's um Goat Simulator Three. Try it here. Regret later. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I absolutely love their entire marketing, like from not having a goat simulator two, going straight to three, um, everything mm-hmm. they do is just, what more could you expect from a goat simulator, you know? And, and, and yep. they just play into that so much. It's, it's so much fun watching. Like I've never played it. 
but it makes me want to play it and I will definitely be getting it when it um when it comes out well the uh so, I mean like the, the good thing about that uh that IP in that that game is it's very close to release already and uh it's open for for pre-order now if you want to jump in there oh god really is that one of yours or is that one of theirs no, that's one of theirs. That's actually their their official promotional uh, tagline is "Unleash your Gotential, seventeenth of November, twenty twenty two. Pre order now. Okay, so I've so, got a confession to make. Mm. When you said that, I instantly had revulsion, thinking it was your pun, and then once I realised it was theirs, it 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 went away. So I don't yeah. know what that. So it turns says out about- you're just uh, adverse to me. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Drongo puns, apparently. <laughs> or may- yeah. maybe the way you, you know, there is so much enjoyment. There is that pause, that anticipation when you're about to deliver a pun that worries me too. Well, um, since <laughs> since there's an anticipation and enjoyment, I'm going to take over this podcast for a second and say, I'm excited about the Callista protocol. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. very excited. I really, really, really like Dead Space. And this is some of the dudes that made Dead Space. And, you know, it's this is funded by uh, Crafton, who are the uh, Player Unknowns Battlegrounds uh, people. Um, but uh, it's, 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 it's Dead Space. It's, it's the Dead Space 2 that I actually wanted um, from the looks oh, of man. things. It is ultra-violent. It is bloody... Uh, it, this teaser trailer they have ends with your character turning into a decapitated torso. Um, and yeah, the, the new gameplay that they just released looks awesome. It's out December 2nd and I can't wait. I, I probably will pay full price for this game cause I doubt they'll give me a key and, uh, wow. I'm looking forward to spending 80 bucks on this and just sinking into it for a weekend. Nobody's going to watch me play it, but I'm going to stream it and I'm going to enjoy it. Drongo, do you have one that you want to pick out before we move along? Well, I mean, speaking of ultra-violence, they did reveal some more gameplay footage of Warhammer 40k Darktide, Mm. which is scheduled to come out on the 30th of November this year, which is a day after my birthday. So I think for me, this might even be a birthday present to myself because I am... Slightly optimistic that this won't be terrible. I'm hoping this will be one of the I mean, Warhammer IPs uh, games that is actually pretty good. So it's the problem is, Shark, so it should be fine. The problem is, yeah. is they've been doing really well on Warhammer games. We're due a bad one. Yeah, uh, that is true. I, I, yeah, that just is, go look through the app at the app store on like any phone. You'll find 50 bad Warhammer games that come out a month. That, that's the oh, problem. Is. That is true. <laughs> That is true. There is a, yeah. a, a, on the app store. There is a lot. I Maybe mean, that's the what Warhammer they've decided. IP. Yeah, if they release all the bad ones on the app stores, the good ones are come out. On PC. Besides, <laughs> like, like you know, like total, like total war Warhammer is like kind of like that's that's a known thing. It's going to be pr- at least decent. It'll be buggy, but it'll be good, right? It'll um, be a total war game. And you know, we we already got like. Oh God, I'm completely stream stream on studio put out there. Uh, Doom, uh, Hive's Planet game already. Crap! What was the name of that one that came out? There was a dog you could pet. That's all I really remember. 
Um, <laughs> I actually have no idea. It's it's the I Divine Cybermancy people that made it, who made the really bad. Hold on, I'll I'll find this. In a they made the Space Hulk Deathwing, which wasn't good. Necromunda, Hire Gun, that game. Oh that came yeah, that was. Uh, I was literally brilliant. just looking at that in my Steam library now. I was so disappointed with that. Honestly, yep. I was really excited for it. I have played on Steam after waiting for that for ages and ages and ages. I have put in all of. 65 uh, minutes. I have a question. Time into it. Have you played I Divine Cybermancy? No. At some point when that game goes on sale for like two bucks or a dollar, because it, it's a $10 game that frequently gets 95% off sales, um, you should pick up I Divine Cybermancy, which is like the game that the, that studio made. Uh, that made them into a studio. It was originally a Half-Life mod, and then they have made it into its own thing. It's a Warhammer game without being a Warhammer game. It's literally like a Warhammer okay. game without the license, but it's got some of the best guns I've ever played in a video game. Also, you can just, like, hack other people's minds and make their heads explode, and then, like, there's this headless dude just, like, running around killing his own dudes and stuff. You can, like, there, there's... You can dual-wield katanas... You can dual wield like a pistol that has two fire modes, which is all of the bullets and more bullets somehow. Um, and then also have a katana and then go stealth and like jump over an entire map. Also, it it's a source engine game that has no player limits on the servers. So if you are streaming and you have friends and you boot up a server on your computer or somewhere else, uh, you could just have like 120 people on the server for some wow. reason, um, all playing in co-op against others. It's, it's stupid. It is a really dumb, bad game, but it's like cheap enough that the weird systems in it just end up being awesome. So yeah, I, right. I, I would recommend I divine cybermancy. Fair. Fair. Yeah. No, that sounds, that sounds really good. Um, one game out of this that I'm looking forward to, and I've decided I'll be playing is Genshin impact with their three point up though. <laughs> All right. Now moving on to, uh, another lighthearted <laughs> piece of news before blind can, uh, comment on that. <sighs> Um, Don't promote gambling with cute weeaboo waifus. <clears throat> what? Gacha games have a place in my wallet. I mean, heart. No, they um, don't. <laughs> they have a place in funding Chinese government propaganda. I mean, what? <sighs> so Masaho Hiri is um, so Masaho Hiri Sakurai <laughs> is uh, creating a YouTube channel for talking about game design and um, and the like. So for anybody who has managed to live under a rock long enough to not know who Sakurai is, I, you know, he's the, he's the like head behind uh, this little puffy um, destroyer of worlds called Kirby. Uh, he created Kirby and also, uh, you know, has been the front man at Smash Brothers for the entirety of Smash Brothers' existence. Uh, he started a YouTube channel um, because he's no longer um, the head of Smash Brothers. He's like stepped back a little bit like he's still managing it, but he's he's taken a step back from that. And he's working on and producing little five minute videos about game design. And he's already got five videos up on the channel. He started uploading three days ago and uh, he's already got 322,000 subscribers, but like, um, they're really neat little videos. Like they're all in Japanese, but they've got subtitles and they're, they're very well captioned. Um, and he talks about like, what is a frame in frame rates? Um, he's talk talks about like highlighting big moments in a fighting game and how to make a fighting game feel satisfying. He talks about making Kirby and Kir like Kirby games for the game boy. It's just a really cool little kind of wholesome channel. And you get to watch Sakurai talk about making games, which he gets really excited about and he's entertaining. 
Yeah, one thing I really like about this, and I, I'm hopeful for this, like this is this is my this is my idea of what I'd love to see from the channel, is um whenever I look at people who play uh Super Smash Bros any more than, you know, on the couch with their mates, um, they talk a lot about various iframes, they talk about a lot about, you know, ticks, a lot about this, and it gets very technical, especially when you get into any fighting game. Smash Bros has been pretty good at that. I would love to see the developer side of that because I'm sure they're having the same conversations. I'm sure they're they're planning out the same things. They're not just putting together characters, throwing them out, and then all of the players are the ones coming up with all of these mechanics, all of this technical data of them. So I'm really keen to see that from that perspective. Um, fighting games competitively to me have always been like blowing my mind because there is so much detail into what iframes various ones have what movesets what uh various things like that like um i mean i'm pretty sure we've all seen the uh chun-li street fighter finish video where um he perfectly parries like every single kick yeah, from hack. from that move or not um, um at um the the, the really really big I'm I'm completely blanking on the name of it. It just happened, the big fighting game tournament in Yeah. Uh, I don't know it either, but I, I mean Vegas. you Google, you know, Chun Li finishing perfect blocking and like it was absolutely great to see that. You you just know that developers are also doing that. And I'd love to see that from the channel. Yeah, I'm not the person to talk about fighting game events, but uh <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Uh, YouTube channel because I just like watching developers. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it too for for that reason. I'm not one to talk about fighting games and stuff, but I love seeing like this stuff broken down. But yeah, um, I think that um, that wraps us up for this uh this this week. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> all right. Quick little uh, <laughs> almost said reach around. Quick little uh, wrap around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I haven't had that many drinks. Just one can of beer. Bloody Drongo, where can you be found on Twitter? On Twitter? I can be found at the Bloody Drongo. Nice and simple. And um, Blind, where can you be found? Uh, everywhere under Blind IRL. B-L-I-N-D IRL. Are we still doing just only Twitter? Call ads? Like, that's what I recall. Uh, it's you're hosting, Twitter, it's your show, it's called Only Twitter. It's OnlyFans <laughs> that you're thinking of. Yeah, where can you be found on OnlyFans? Um, and I can be found at Archplay Stuff on Twitter. And yeah, that's it. Um, but Bloody Drongo, yours, yours, you drop the V for the other channels, don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Bloody Drongo is a a somewhat popular name for just random people on social media so it does change a bit um but uh yeah usually bloody drongo or bloody dot drongo or bloody uh, space drongo bloody underscore drongo who knows is there a dot uh. go domain so i wonder if you can uh, get what, bloody, bloody drongo, drongo go, <laughs> go. <laughs> i have no idea maybe i have not looked into it bloody, bloody drongo drong go. go yeah uh, <laughs> what was the um <laughs> the one that I looked up for that recently that we 
we found I don't know. We're, we're ending this show, so uh, oh yeah, we should probably Sorry. take it to the ending. Fine then, fine then. Um, Where can people yeah, find I've, this show, Arch? They can find the show on Spotify, uh, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and anywhere Where can else. Where they talk about the show? They can talk about the show. I'm the host here, okay? Okay, well, you wrote down that you're running low on time, so I'm helping. Stop Stop backseating me. Gosh. <laughs> it's 12.30 at night, okay? Yeah. Um, and they can talk about the show on the Discord. Um, the Halcyon Frequency Community Discord. Is that what you wanted? Or Yeah, know, and we then want the, the website URL where they can find the other episodes of the show. Yep, HalcyonFrequency.com. Yep, leave reviews on YouTube uh, and anywhere else that... No, not reviews on YouTube. Leave reviews wherever you listen to this because it actually helps us quite a lot and we'd appreciate it. Blind IRL like will And I'd like to make really. a real quick shout out to uh, Peter Pohl and Paul Mile for the lovely intro and outro and ad music. Yes, thank you very much. It's absolutely good. And that's it for us now. Um, so I'll have a big round of buys from you all. Bye. Farewell. Well, goodbye, everybody. Ta ta. <laughs> goodbye. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Ciao. <laughs> it's funny that you talk about the buys being cringe and then just like emphasize that we have to do it and you put oh, more yeah. effort into it than usual. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, is that, you know, I, I enjoy the cringe. This is Halcyon Frequency. Don't change that dial. Signing off.